Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bell. Joining me this evening, Five Head, Jacob Terrell is back with us this week. Glad to have you back, Jacob. Earl is not with us this evening. Um, there's a chance, apparently, that Earl may or may not pop on in about 45 minutes. And you will see exactly why he's not with us this evening. So um, that being said, we do I do have a little bit of housekeeping to get to. Uh, I do appreciate every one of you popping in and watching the show over the past few weeks. Our numbers have been fantastic. You guys are doing awesome. appreciate all of the love and support across social media. Jacob even went live during the match on Saturday evening and uh, got some reaction to that. I didn't quite go live. Uh I have tried to go live in the past and it has not ended well for me. Mm-hmm. So I did a small video uh, and then posted it uh, acting like it was live. Uh, and then my buddy, Harry, uh, who's who's a uh, hashtag team Jacob almost all the time. Uh, just had to rip my rip me a new one on, on Twitter there. Um, but that's OK, Harry. I still love you and I will embrace it. Um, and I will even go live at the next home match that I'm attending, which probably won't be till. I, who knows when, honestly, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because uh, as you uh, let us in on it uh, Saturday, yeah. your, your wife is due fairly soon. Um, hey, that's funny. We have no idea where Earl is. He's somewhere <laughs> between point A and Santa, north of Santa Fe. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Earl's fan club has grown. No, I don't think it's grown. I think it's stayed the same because I'm relatively sure he lost Robert. If I'm being okay, honest. okay, fair enough, fair enough. You know, Earl has not been here, so obviously Robert is uh, distraught over the loss of Earl. So, um, your wife is due basically any day now. Um, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, and you guys, uh, you're going to be taking some time off from attending matches and potentially, potentially this show even. So, you know, we are prepared for that as long as Earl can show up every now and then. I still plan on being on the show. Well, I'm just saying in case I'm prepared in case you need to take time off as a new father, you know, and uh, you better start working on pigtails. So I already have a daughter, so I know still you better start working on pigtails. (laughs) Because apparently I've heard I've been told that's a skill. That is a skill. So it's a rather difficult one uh, because I still have uh, yet to master it. So. Harry, we appreciate that, man. We do appreciate that. And uh, I may lean on you here a little bit in the coming months. Well, I thought he was offering me help with my oh. kids. I was going mean, to he, he might do that too. But uh, no, in the coming months, you will be having you know, some new, uh, a new addition to the family. You will also be going to the police academy at some point. Um, so busy, busy time for you and your family. So, uh, of course, you know, we are here for you if you need anything uh, throughout this. So, um, do appreciate you being here this evening. Uh, it was had Carlos Tenorio on last week's so guest home sombrero man, fantastic show. Thank you to Carlos for being here for that. Um, I'm fairly certain Earl has now taken over that phone. I mean, we want Earl too. <laughs> we just want Earl 100 percent. With yeah, good we do. We want Earl 100. Um, percent I don't want Earl on here where it sounds like this. <laughs> yeah, guys, we're up here in a helicopter. <laughs> Um, shh, that's what it sounded like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a hundred percent over on that. <laughs> now. Yeah. 
And uh, one other small bit of news. So I mentioned, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago that I was going to be, the, I was taking on a larger role at 1017 The Team. Uh, starting next week, I will have a weekly segment on Team Talk. Uh, uh, Tuesday afternoons, uh, some point right before uh, True or False Tuesdays. So uh, as soon as I know the exact time, I'll let you guys know. Uh, yeah, for for the younger that. listeners, that's on the radio. Yes, the, the radio in your car that your parents listen yeah. to. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's uh, you dial it to a channel and voices come out. Turn the knob. Yeah, not even the uh, not the Sirius XMs, not any of that, you know, uh, on your uh, digital terrestri- uh, terrestrial radio, I should say. And you can so, stream it uh, you can. You on, can. online there, but uh, I yeah. mean, it's still radio. So, yep, ESPN Radio 1017theteam.com or 1017theteam.com and the 1017theteam uh, app uh those will obviously those will be streamed there as well so yeah it's exciting times for all of us earl has a new family jacob has a new family member coming in um i'm gonna have a new thing on the radio so uh a lot of good things going on but uh jacob i did have one burning question i brought this up to you just before we came on air and it, i don't necessarily affect you personally uh your kids are not old enough you're also in a completely different school district uh, here in Albuquerque, APS announced this week the brand new bell schedule for the 2023-2024 school year. So based on task force recommendations, the kids need more sleep, this, that, and the other. School starts are changing for pretty much every school in APS. Wow. Um, wow. The uh, high schools, with the exception of New Futures, will now all be starting at 8.40 a.m., New Futures will start at 9.15 in the morning, go until 4.15 in the afternoon. The middle schools, they're all changing, except for Roosevelt, to 9.15 a.m. start time to 4.15 in the afternoon. Roosevelt will be 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. because they are also, if you're familiar with the area, Roosevelt and A. Montoya Elementary are all one big campus. So I'm assuming it's because of the buses and things like that uh, that they're doing the same. Yes, Jacob. What was it? What is it right now? Uh, so right now, uh, so San Antonito Elementary starts at 8.40 in the morning. I believe uh, a-, a Montoya Roosevelt starts at uh, 8 a.m. So how this is giving children more sleep when, they're, when some of the schools are going to 7.30 in the morning, I don't know. Now them going to 9.15 in the morning, I can understand. You know, that being a, 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 a more an opportunity for more sleep for kids. Um. So, yeah, so my the reason I bring this up is that obviously we have, you know, youth athletics is something that we talk about on the show from time to time. Jacob, looking at this and knowing, you know, what school schedules are like and how athletics basically take place right after school, how does this affect you? How do you think this is going to have an effect on youth sports uh, at, for at least the next year, provided they don't change things back? The exit or the the dismissal time um, this year. Yes. What was it this year? What time uh, do so kids it, get out? It depends on the school. So like San Antonio elementary and like uh, East, uh, the East mountain high school, they both get out three 30 in the afternoon. Most schools, four? most schools get out out around three, three 30. Well, somewhere between two 30 and three 30, I should say, depending on the school, whether or not it's a uh, charter APS or whatnot. So, uh, but most of them are right around like three, three thirty now. So we here at Sumner get out at four, mm-hmm. um, already. Uh, we have a four day 
uh, school week. Um, kids aren't say kids don't go in on Friday. So it, it to me, it's not, I don't think it's going to make too big of a difference. Uh, some schools, uh, APS might be a little different because it's bigger, but a lot of schools have, um, like if you're on the basketball or football team, your final period is athletics uh, or PE, but okay. uh, instead of being called PE, it's called athletics because it's basically just for football or basketball players. And then you basically start practice during the last period of the school year or of the day. Okay. Um, so for high school sports, I just don't see it uh, really making a huge difference. Even if that's, if it's that hour, uh, even if it's an hour later, um, I think there's ways that they're probably going to get around that for youth sports. Um, one, let's be honest. If you have kids in youth sports, as you know, Seth, uh, you have no life anyways. So much. does it really matter? <laughs> I mean, um, you get, you get off of school and then you either rush home to eat dinner so that you can make practice by six or you rush to practice right away. And then you go home and rush dinner and then go to bed. So, um, without having a little more knowledge of how things are going or, or what schedules are like now over there. Um, my gut reaction is, uh, it's, it's going to be a change, but at the end of the day, uh, it's not going to ruin people's lives. Well, yeah, no, I don't think it'll ruin necessarily ruin lives, but like I've seen quite a few takes. Uh, one in particular is, uh, and, uh, Adam deal over on Twitter. He was not happy about this. Um, um, I don't know if you've seen Andy on or Adam on Twitter. Uh, he's not happy about much, that, uh, especially when it comes to APS. So that, that that's very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, for parents, uh, you talk about, you know, parents who are already basically involved with youth sports and things like that. I mean, I obviously am, you know, you mentioned that here a second ago, but like, I already have a very regimented work schedule to make sure that I can, to make sure, to make sure that, you know, athletics and the youth activities happen and, th- and things of that nature to now have to completely, you know, change around, uh, parent schedule to have to, you know, have to deal with work and things like that. Like this is a, this is a big change, you know, cause I mean, most places now you don't, you don't have the traditional nine to five jobs anymore. So, you know, a lot of people now are in at work, you know, seven, eight in the morning. And now you're saying you, you, your kids can't go to, you can't, your kids can't be at school until nine fifteen. So, um, in some instances or eight forty in some instances. So like, it's, I think it's a big change, um, in how things are going to, are going to be done for, for parents. And then, you know, youth sports, I mean, right now you look at, you know, middle school soccer, middle school soccer is at like four and five o'clock in the afternoon. And now it's going to be pushed to, you know, what, five, six, maybe, which, yeah. And, yeah. And then you look at it and you go, okay, well, you know, then the parents have to adjust the schedules there in the afternoons as well, you know? So I don't know. I, it's really interesting to see what happens whether or not APS even continues with this. I don't know. I know they cited some study. So I just wanted to get your take on that and see what you thought. I feel, I feel like it's, um, to the people that are angry about it, uh, might be just, just a hair, get off my lawn, mm-hmm. uh, added energy coming from them. Um, but no, I mean, it's obviously anytime something like that happens, it's going to be an adjustment, but, uh, some some things about change could be good, but you'll never know if you don't give it a shot. And so maybe they'll give it a shot and end up everybody will end up being like, oh, this actually isn't that bad. And 
and it is easier to get my kids up in the morning and get them out of the door a little bit later. Um, so who knows? Um, it, it's interesting though. It's definitely, definitely anytime something like this changes, it's, uh, it's, it's a definite talking point and, and you never really know how it's going to go. It's probably going to be a disaster because it's APS. Um, but, uh, who knows? Yep. We'll certainly see how that happens in the fall. I'll be sure to report back on my findings and let you guys know just how terrible APS is again at that point. Um, but beyond that, we finally had a home match this past weekend. New Mexico United went and played against San, San Diego loyal at the lab for the first time in 2023 matching a one, one draw. And Jacob, initially we were going to do a, an instant reaction Saturday evening. Uh, we didn't get to do that. Unfortunately, uh, I did send you uh, Coach Prince's presser uh, mm-hmm. that also had Kaylin Ryden and Austin Yearwood there on Saturday evening. First of all, like, how is it to finally be back at the lab? I mean, the season opener is always special. Um, it's it's a little more special when you get three points, but at the same time, you know, getting to see you in person and getting to see um, you know the curse march in and and Carlos over there leading it uh, amongst all the countless others that you could name from over there. Um, you know, we had 11,000 some odd fans there, which is, uh, as we talked about a little bit, uh, somewhat disappointing, uh, compared to season openers in the past. But, uh, aside from, well, I guess last year's season opener was, I think 12, five or something like that. But, um, it's, it's still just, just exciting to see, everything that's going on, see David hard at work uh, and the rest of the the front office staff over there, Peter over there mingling. I always love to, uh, you know, see the fan or see the players interact with the fans and families after the game um, and the energy that's there, even in a draw, you know, it was still, still jam packed down there. They still signed autographs for quite a while. I don't, I know I left about nine forty five, nine fifty, and, the guys hadn't even come out of the locker room for the press conference. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's a, it was a fun time for sure. And, um, and, and on the pitch, I thought it was, was, uh, was a pretty good game all in all for, for United. So real quick, looking back at uh, attendance numbers, cause this was something that, I got, that was brought up on social media in different places. So obviously it was a, uh, let me make sure I have, the numbers right for Saturday evening. It was um, 11, 233. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, I believe it was because Tyler had that. It was 11, 233 was the home attendance uh, at the opener this past weekend. In 2021, <clears throat> sorry, 2022, the home opener attendance was 11, 247. Oh, okay. 2021, obviously the return from COVID year, home opener was 8,647. And then you have to go back to season one. We had twelve eight ninety six. So really, compared to we didn't, we didn't have twelve eight for the season opener, did we? Yeah. Okay. In twenty nineteen, the 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 inaugural match, yeah. Twelve eight ninety six. So I mean, really, outside of you know season one, I mean the the numbers are obviously obviously up from twenty twenty one. And I was looking at Soccer Stadium Digest and looking at their data ahead of week six. They they were tracking attendance, obviously, and the data shows that attendance is up 6% across the league from 2022 so far. Now, again, 
very early, not a whole lot of data, but the, the, the statistics show that, that fans are back. Now I had to have some people say that 11, is somewhat disappointing, but I really don't think it is. I mean, it's a sell more than a sellout at the lab. And, you know, it, compared to what we've seen in the, you know, what we saw at, you know, Rio Rancho high school, again, Tuesday night, really shitty weather. <laughs> what do you mean more than a sellout at the lab? Uh, statistic, you know, by the numbers, like what counts as a sellout. So like, um, and I believe it's actually more seats because the burn was pretty well packed too. So, yeah, um, I know the lab, the lab stated capacity is like 12, three. Some, it's somewhere around there. I have to, I'll, I'll look it up, but, um, yeah. And no, this is Harry's got a point here too. Uh, no MLS two teams is a huge factor for the uptick in, in, uh, intense. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, so, uh, I steps park has 11,124 fixed seats with a listed capacity of 13.5. 13.5, okay. Yeah. So, but again, that includes the berm. That's not, you know. Right. Uh, so, but I think, I thought it was a great showing for folks. And the, I mean, the lab was packed. I took some video of it and it just, it sounded really amazing. Uh, like better than I've heard it in a while, to be honest with you. Well, I don't know. I thought we ended, like, maybe, maybe I just have a, a romance for the Colorado Springs match to end the season last year. Um, and I remember that being exciting and crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I was, for whatever reason, I was expecting over 12, um, and did not get it. And so I think it's just a matter, I mean, with everything, it's a matter of expectations versus what you should have expected. And so maybe I shouldn't have expected over 12. Uh, and that's why I might be like, oh, man, I, I was expecting more, especially because it was pretty good weather. Um, it, you know, having that, I think every other year we've started in March, um, which, as mm-hmm. you know, weather in New Mexico in March can be hit and miss. Uh, and I remember being cold uh, for several times there at the lab early in the season. And honestly, I was a little chilly, um, even even Saturday. So but it was still pretty good weather. Uh, it was against a, a, a top tier team that I thought might draw in a few more um, casuals. Um, I know Donovan's not their coach anymore, but it still has that name association. Uh, so I thought we might get a few more there. But at the end of the day, um, I still think it led it's led the the USL in attendance so far this year for single game attendance, and so it's still a win. It's still. Um, Still was exciting. Still was loud, like you said. Um, I mean, I don't think it was ever louder than when Coke Vegas was getting booed um, every time he touched the ball. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, and getting to the play on the pitch, um, I, I did get a comment that I want to bring up. Uh, this was sent to me during the match uh, on Saturday evening, and and it says uh, this game definitely feels like there's more pressure and more energy. I got to say, though, that other team's goalie, man, he killed it the first few attempts. Definitely got overwhelmed with the pressure. I feel like each time I've watched this team, they have played different. Which, I mean, to be completely honest with you, like, this is a comment that I felt really spoke to how things have looked so far this season. Was it from Harry? No, it was not from Harry. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, it would not surprise me if that was from Harry, because that's a very astute point. Because I mean, there was a different. I mean, there there legitimately was a different level of energy, at least you know, watching these guys, you know, in, in the first home match of the season. Yeah, I, I think that's probably to be expected, um, at least to an extent. But it is what I mean. We talked about it with the Open Cup match. I know it was against a lower league opponent, but um, we came out and like tried to kick their ass and succeeded. And and I feel like in the first half, especially, we tried to come out and kick San Diego's ass, and we were creating chance after chance. Probably could have had one or two there. Um, uh, one or two extra or one or two more there in the first half, uh, in the first part of the first half anyways. And then, you know, San Diego is a great team. So, you know, they're, they're sitting third in the USL, or at least they were at time of kickoff. And, um, and they, they weren't just going to roll over and die by any means. So they, they fought back in the, the last part of that first half. Uh, and of course they get the, the equalizer on a set piece that, um, Honestly, we looked stuck in the mud on uh, like they had probably four or five guys that could have scored had the first guy missed it uh, without anybody. I don't know if it was a if it was a wrong stepped false offside trap or or what the hell happened. But uh, it was just a, a sea of orange coming right at uh, at Tambakis, who had no chance of doing anything with that. Um, and so, you know, we then the second half comes and, and we looked I mean, I, I told you after the match, you know, there was a portion there where it was like a 10 minute span where we had like four or five shots. None of them, not very many of them, if any of them found the goalkeeper, but um, it, it was good look after good look. And, and uh, the only thing that is annoying, like I look at it in a whole, in like in a vacuum, just that one match. And I'm like, that was a solid overall performance. It was good defensively other than the one set piece. I thought we, we, dominated Damas. Um, he did not, he worried me going into this match. And at times in that first half worried me in like the first five minutes. Cause he just looked so much faster than anybody on our back line. And I was waiting for the ball over the top or something, but our midfield and our attacking uh, players did a good job pressuring the ball when the ball was back there to not let them get a free release on a long ball over the top to Ronaldo. And, um, and so I, I thought beginning to end other than the one set piece goal, uh, it was it was good for us. XG kind of um, our game flow plus or whatever the hell it's called on Twitter uh, kind of backed that up a little bit. There was, you know, we we did give up some chances, uh, especially in that first half. It, at the end of that first half, uh, there were probably like four or five that could have gone in for for San Diego, including one where the guy. I mean, it was a sitter, um, <laughs> um and so. <laughs> that would be a hijacked account, David. Uh, David, appreciate you being here in the in the in the stream with us this evening. So, so we're watching the highlight there, the goal. I mean, it's it's a beautiful goal. Uh, probably like our second or third decent chance of the night, um, and it's finally capitalized on by by Hamilton there, who got team of the week honors today. He sure uh, did, by the way. Um, with with a fantastic match there. He had a couple moments in the second half that I was like, uh, come on, dude, what are you doing? But um, that's I'm just hard on him like that especially lately so here's another good chance uh from doling there that um you think man that i mean it could have gotten out of hand and we could have been this is the one that i was talking about where it was i mean he just misses this oh no sorry Sorry, that wasn't the right one uh you can't see me there in the in the corner there (laughs) 
when we watch this, uh, watch these ones right here. But um, that one was going to be tough from from any angle. Uh, and so yeah, I thought it was thought it was a good overall match. I thought it was a good night to you know be Michael Bay Linslers. Um, <laughs> that was a good cha- good night to be at the match. Uh, we had a had a good time as always. Um, Ooh. Yeah, that was it. Was rough in the moment. I was right there, and it it did not. Uh, it was not pretty by any means. Um, and that was the one time Domus really kind of got through and and had a chance to run onto something. And Tembakus does a great job of coming out and and obviously risking risking a little bit uh, there to to make that save. But he does it, and and it ends up being a really good play. Here's the one that the guy just. I mean. Yeah, he, that was he, he makes contact with it and just I mean it should have been right there. Mm-hmm. Should have been um should have been a goal for sure and uh we we did catch a break there. But and I, I think there's one more where it it goes across the box. Um right I was right here. Goes all the way across there's just nobody there. Um and so the first half was was a little rough there at the end but I think we settled in nicely after halftime. We came back, um, could have made a couple more moves uh, and and possibly found a winner. But at the end of the day, it's a good team. Now I say that. Hold, hold on, hold on. I want to back this up here for just a second. So uh, if you notice, like when, when Thomas is coming in down here on the right, our, our, our friend Jacob here, you know, steps back, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, ask Earl <laughs> about why I step back, because if you don't step back, you can get run over. As Suggs put a shoulder through Earl's chest one night. Yeah. Here's the goal here. Uh, just a, a well-placed ball there. But looking at this match in a vacuum, it's, you can come away going, oh, yeah, it, it, it was a solid match. Uh, bigger picture, though, obviously this year is our first home game. But looking at last year, too many times we've been the better club at home and not gotten a result, whether it's a draw or or even a loss, even though we've been the better club. And so... It's it's not a it's not a, a trend I want to continue to see, and so we need to to buck that trend and and just come out and get get some points at home next time here in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Santi, there had a couple of decent shots there towards the end, and Santi, I would say I would argue Santi looked better this week. Sam had, obviously had a much better week than he did last week. Yeah. Uh, against Monterey Bay, so you know a lot of good things coming. You know in this match here against San Diego, again, you know, loyal are one of the better teams in the West this season. Um, uh, David, to your question, I won't be able to, I don't know if Jacob's going to be able to make it or not. No, no. Um, weekday pressers um, from now until the baby comes are going to be pretty hard to make. If you could make them on zoom or at least a zoom option, I could definitely hop on those. It's just, yeah, I could do that for sure. Yeah. Our drive for a 15, 20 minute presser. Uh, isn't in the budget for for gas for my in my wife's eyes, um, but yeah, uh, that that's that's the simple answer for me. Uh, David, but, I don't know if you can give us an update. Uh, we heard there was a, a staff member that got hurt uh, on Saturday. How's he doing? I can give you an update. I talked to him. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, yeah he's, okay. Good. he's fine. He's good. Okay. Uh, said he's going to be in pain, uh, a little bit of pain here and there for for a little while while it heals, but had a pallet come up catch him in the chest hurt a couple ribs uh kind of like he compared it to a a small car crash um Mm. and so just one of those things where the impact's gonna gonna um 
affect him for a little while, but uh, shout out to shout out to Clint. He's um, he's been awesome to me, uh, even when he was with uh, First Financial Credit Union. And so uh, I love that guy. He's day to day. He's day to day. Perfect. Thank you, David. Um, uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of good things come, came out of the match on Saturday. Like we definitely looked really good at times. Um, I know one thing I noticed that uh, Sam was playing particularly high um, there early in the first half, which obviously you know, resulted in a couple shots for Sam. Uh, the second of which you know gave us the lead there. Uh, great shot by Sam by by, yeah. by all accounts. You know what I mean? It really was, and then you know uh, you could argue that Santi should have had had a goal there as well, if not for a pretty good save by a kick save by Coca uh, Vegas there. So. Um, there are definitely some moments that really stand out to me in this match. You know, uh, you look at Amando's cross to that led to that goal. You look at some of the defensive moments that that stood up uh, that stand out. You know, the you know controlling Damas, preventing him from having an impact on the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And really looking at this match compared to Monterey Bay, just almost almost night and day. There were a lot of things that we wanted to see. And I think we're going to start seeing more of going forward. Now, uh, we found out late that uh, Bees was a scratch uh, due to an injury. We don't have too many details on that. Um, Zach did give us a bit of information during the presser after the match. Uh, he doesn't think it's going to be a long term, but longer than anyone would like, obviously. You know, um, if he's, he's not week to week yet. He's going to miss a few weeks, yeah. uh, it sounded like. Um, but hopefully not uh, not going to be like a, a half a season type of thing, which I'm you know, losing Nava and then Weehan going down. That's a lot of creativity in that midfield that we are, are going to be hurting. But I do feel like um, offensively we looked really good um, at, at stretches there, even with those injuries. And so maybe it won't be quite the the – negative effect that we think it could be yeah it'll be interesting to see you know how zach continues to play around that obviously you know again the play saturday night was was pretty good you know we, we saw again a lot of good things and to david david's point there the improved defending for all positions was was wonderful it really was like it, it, that's something too that i noted uh in, in my notes that i had as i was taking throughout the match and you know you see amando tracking back at times you see santi tracking back uh, that's like as deep as Amando had been, but you see, uh, there's one play in particular, like Amando tracked back. I want to say it was uh first half San Diego's pushing down. You see Amando basically down where a left back would be trying to make a play on a ball down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just that. And then you know, defensively, we held our shape well across the back, you know, felt like Kalen had a strong match. Uh, Austin, you would get the start. Great to see Austin, uh, get get back out there and get some minutes like he played really well i don't and... i don't know like i have no no exact knowledge he was limping there um after the match ever so slightly and when he went down late in that second half uh he was holding his his ankle his achilles area um and honestly it didn't look good when he first went down uh, he did finish out the match he did uh he was uh obviously hobbled a little bit um, I wouldn't be surprised if that, uh, you know, after the match and after the adrenaline wore off, if he wasn't feeling a little bit more, 
So I don't, I don't know if he'll be on an injury report this, this weekend, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is uh, as, as painful as that is to say. Yeah. He seemed to be moving. Okay. As he came up into the presser. Um, But again, you know, as the week goes on, you know, depending on if it's a significant enough knock, you know, will it, you know, prevent Austin from playing this coming weekend. But yeah, looking at, at just how things played out, like, you know, the return of Justin Portillo. I think Justin Portillo had a huge impact on this match as well. And, you know, really aside from the one set piece, you know, uh, there at the end of the first half, which to me, if you watch that, it looks like Conway just happened to step in front and be the only one that could get ahead to that ball. And I, I can't question Alex's positioning too much. I mean, I know you want to defend that far post, but, you know, Conway's uh, head on that ball down to the bottom right corner there really wasn't much that, that Alex could do about it. No, you know? Um, and I, I looking at that, at the replay there, I don't see that we tried to step up or anything. I, it just looks like the ball came in into a that, position for Conway. That angle though. Um, like I'm telling you, there was at least one or two other San Diego players that had Conway not got his head to it. Mm-hmm. They might, I mean, it wouldn't have been as easy of a finish, uh, quote unquote easy of a finish as Conway had, but, but they were definitely behind our line and the ball was headed towards their midsection or feet or um, of course that had been closer to Tambakis. So he might've been able to make a play on it, but um, it, it wasn't just Conway that had a chance uh, even though it looks like it from that angle, from the angle that I think for basically from that camera that we were talking about after the match that was in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that angle would show, that there's there's a few opportunities there for them to score. Yeah, and really, to be honest, like that was the last real threat that San Diego put for the entire night. You look at the stats, and uh, I think it was, uh, if I remember right, it was seven shots apiece at the end of the first half. Uh, both sides had four on target, and then San Diego only had three. I think it was three shots in the entire second half. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the the it's not that we defended poorly in the first half; we defended really well. They just weren't able to. We didn't give San Diego clean looks at goal, really, on any of them. Um, we did see the highlights earlier. Obviously, there were a couple opportunities that you know that Damas didn't take advantage of, and then there was another cross that got completely misplayed. Uh, that San Diego could have slid another goal or two in, but realistically, you look at the the play throughout the match, especially in the second half, and that was a fantastic defensive showing. I mean, yeah, we give possession in the second half, but that's yeah, fine. Like, I'll let San Diego pass the ball around, like, by all means. But, you know, when you look at how they were prevented from going forward in a lot of instances, like, drastic improvement over Monterey. Yeah, sorry. I was looking for the for the game flow for it because I had seen it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the XG was massively in our favor. I don't, I, oh, because I, I was thinking it wasn't. I know we had like over a two, but I feel like they had a, they had like a 1.6 or something like that. I thought, I don't remember, but I wanted to double check and make sure. Cause, um, what was that? You have kids screaming at your house. <laughs> I've got my window open, uh, because there's no reason to be running the air conditioner when it's, you know, a nice 65 degrees. So, but yes, apparently some kid is still running around outside playing. Okay. 
Um, yeah, see, it was 2.01 to 1.64. Okay. Um, but but the, you, looking at that, uh, so what I like to do with, with the Gameflow XG anyways is look at how many of the bars are over, uh, you know, that 0. 0.1 number. Mm-hmm. And so we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that were over it, one that was almost at it. And they had one, two, three, four, five, six, including the goal. Um, and, but almost all of those came, they were basically all that into the second half, aside from one in the first half, which I'm not even sure which one that is um, off the top of my head early in the first half. But the second half is, yeah, the second half is is basically non-existent for San Diego. Um, so if you broke this down by half, I mean, the second half would be very, very, very low. And we had a few good chances in there that um, that could have uh, swung this game in our favor. Uh, there were a few people in there that, you know, uh, XG doesn't tell the whole story. And you're right, it doesn't. But I, I think it does a decent job of saying who is the better team over the match as a whole. Um, even if that, even if results don't actually go that way. And, and so I, I do think we were the better team for the majority of that match. And the XG kind of proves that out. And, and the eye test proved it out. Um, the only thing I will say is that watching the game from field level wall, awesome. And, and insightful in a lot of ways you do lose a lot of tactics and, and it's hard to see shapes and, and lines from up there or from down there. Uh, so I, I did plan on rewatching this match, but uh, one I'm busy and two, uh, the one time that I did try to rewatch it, it was, uh, it was a hard watch. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was a pretty hard watch. We talked about that a little bit after the fact and, um, and it, it, it was, the broadcast wasn't the best uh, broadcast I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this is uh, something I spent a bit of time on Reddit talking about because Reddit is Reddit. And people were complaining up and down, side to side about the broadcast. And you're trying to explain that there were some issues that popped up ahead of game time. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we've we heard about some of them, you know, uh, the, the, the lift for the center field camera broke. Uh, and the club had to go and rent a another lift shortly before the game. The renovations at Islips Park have left the outfield warning track in a very uh, soft position. So the lift was sinking down into the warning track. So they had to roll the, the, the lift out on pallets, which is how uh, Clint got hurt. Um, and it took them, uh, from what I was told, an hour and a half longer than normal. Basically, instead of it taking just a matter of minutes, it took about an hour and a half to get the, the lift in position. And the lift couldn't go as high as the one that only. So, yeah, a lot of changes to the broadcast. Uh, there was a new camera out in, out by the 428 sign in left center field. People were complaining about that. People complained also. Like, guys, just stop. Why were they like, complaining about that? So, I don't know. They were complaining about, like, someone, one of the cameras being smudgy or something. And I think that's the one they were talking about. And then. That camera at 420, when it looked right straight down at the goal, wasn't necessarily a, a great shot, if you ask me. But I mean, and, it was a great shot of my forehead. It absolutely was. It was. And yes, Reddit, <laughs> Reddit is awful 
Um, we do have, there are a few diehards that do uh, go over to the New Mexico United subreddit and participate in the uh, match threads over there, providing instant feedback and armchair quarterbacking that Reddit, Zach will never, ever see. Reddit is what people think Twitter is. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everybody complains about Twitter being a terrible place. And granted, it's not the greatest place in the world. Uh, but Reddit is by far the worst place. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. It's, uh, and, and it's, it's all, I mean, you can be anonymous on Twitter too, but, um, if you get people with dumb takes, uh, Cole, <clears throat> um, <laughs> um, I, I, if, cool. but if you, hold on, hold on. If you get them and they are anonymous, they're even more unfiltered, and and that's why Reddit is is just insanely annoying. I was yeah. in there some, I think it was last year or the year before last, and uh, was like, oh yeah, it's it's active in here, it's fun, and then then very quickly I was like, well, um, yeah. nah, never mind. Like New Mexico United Nation isn't the the happiest place on earth, but um, uh, but it's better than Reddit. I'll be honest. I, I, again, I love the fan base as a whole, but New Mexico United Nation is a big reason why I don't go on Facebook. Because over the past like 24 to 48 hours, every time I open up Facebook, Cole has been there. I'm sure Cole he's been this a little bit. I mean, him went back and forth on Twitter or on Facebook a little bit. Um, he, he said, he said, "Oh, you you know you love me, Jacob." And I gotta admit, like he he at least uh, brings some talking points and and some stuff. And I I don't a lot of what he says I don't like a hundred percent disagree with. It's just the way he says it is just so bloody annoying. And then uh, he then he doesn't stop. No, he, he doubles he down. Resp- he responds down. to everybody. Yeah, on his I appreciate I appreciate that part because at least he's like they're fighting for it instead of just putting out uh one one hot take and then disappearing and letting everybody else do get out in the comments he's at least in there getting dirty uh going around and around with people and so um I, I actually invited him on the pod at some point uh because i do think that would be entertaining as hell um maybe on an off week when we don't have a match to talk and he's about. never taken stuff on it so no no i i invited him oh okay yesterday or day before oh. uh and he said he'd love to uh and just let him know and so um so one of these days when we don't have uh, um, a match to talk about or something like that, and uh, Earl, Earl inevitably when Earl gets pink eye again, um, we will uh, we'll bring him on just for shits and giggles. <laughs> that should be an interesting conversation. I mean, I I saw one today talking about putting the saying that we should put the stadium at the corner of Central and San Pedro. I'm like, no, just no, no. Like I, I didn't, I didn't go reply to this. I said, look, I, I'm thinking myself. I appreciate the the effort that that someone went and put into this. You know, doing the renderings and it's putting out. You know, what a potential stadium could be like in that area. Who was it? I was can't it Xavier. Oh, Javier. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe. Yeah, I don't. I um, I, I just Central and San Pedro. Like talking about you know, walking around. I, I'm like, no. I don't even want to drive through Central and San Pedro. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I appreciate the effort. I do, but that's, he he works for an architect firm too. So okay, um, uh, he. I mean, he. 
I love Javier. He's he's great. But uh, okay. yeah, that that location. Hmm. I, I think. I, look, there's going to be pluses and minuses to every location. Yeah. Um, the thing about downtown Cole, if you're listening, is there's just not l- enough land down there that is available for a a a, a price that we United can pay for. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody uh, with like the public funded stadium and stuff talks about oh these rich owners. Like I, sorry, but a USL team isn't by any means an NFL team, and and so yes, they are well off compared to me and you and Cole and everybody else in New Mexico United Nation, basically. Uh, they're not like Scrooge McDuck with a pile of money in their basement uh, that they swim in every day. That's just right. not how it works. So th- there's got to be business. Like Cole, Cole's big thing was, oh, if you do what's right for the community and not what's right for the business. Well, they're businessmen. Uh, obviously, Peter has shown that he proved and proved to me that he wants to do what's what's best for the community, but at some point there's a line that just, you know, it doesn't make sense financially to do certain things. And I think a downtown stadium is going to be one of those things. I think downtown is dead, uh, but that doesn't mean that it can't be a perfect spot somewhere else. So one second, I got a clip that I would like to show. I don't think we have sound on this. No. I can't hear anything, but. Oh. I can hear. Hang on. We'll get this. Let's stop that real quick. Because I know I can do it with with, with, uh, audio. Subliminal Man. Oh, it's. uh, Okay. Hang on. Subliminal Man coming in with comments on. on, on YouTube, leave it to the stadium to get some comments. I think any location should not be seen as the now, but how it how it can lift it up in the years to come. Um, that's why I get really annoyed at the edges of town rather than a more central location. Uh, I get it. It's just there. There comes a cost benefit analysis that needs to happen there, and and sometimes it just doesn't doesn't work out i i think i think mesa del sol and balloon fiesta park are both viable options okay well it's all water under the bridge and we do under the next round robin am i wrong no you're not wrong am i wrong you're not wrong walter you're just an asshole okay then <laughs> thank you david <laughs> oh that's fantastic Oh, that's Thank the one you. that David put in the That's one that David put in the chat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll get into the stadium topic uh, more and more as, as we should be getting an announcement soon well, on a location. Maybe. Um, we should be. I, I, that was, that was a, uh, a possibly inebriated uh, Peter. Um, <laughs> that's how he feels about Reddit. That's how I feel about uh, Cole sometimes. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's a topic for another day. Uh, we got, uh, we'll see if our roll pops in, but we, we do have a match coming up Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it is against the little brothers up North, uh, Colorado Springs switchbacks who I think they were off if I'm not mistaken, 
Um, they lost is, to Sacramento. Oh, yeah. They got their butts handed to them by Sacramento. And Maka King is out for the next match. Interesting. Yep. I was surprised he didn't play more for them at times. So Colorado Springs is sitting in fourth place in the West. Um, only one point behind uh, San Antonio and San Diego. Um, they have they had two wins in a row before coming up against Sacramento. Uh, one nothing against Loudon and one nothing against Pittsburgh. Uh, before that, they lost to San Antonio. Uh, they drew Hartford, um, and then of course the big loss to Sacramento just this week. Sacramento seems to be a juggernaut right now, um, which is interesting. I, I think uh, I think Colorado Springs is is a a solid team, if not a spectacular team. Uh, but it's definitely a place that I think we feel comfortable playing in and should five, two and one all time in Colorado. So we, we should be able to go up there and, and have a strong outing, uh, and come back with at the very least a draw, but hopefully we can get three points and get back to our winning ways. Uh, after, you know, one win to start the season and what I thought was probably gonna be the toughest game, um, of the season so far. And then, uh, we kind of let down against Oakland. Monterey Bay, I think I, I think we just take that and we crumble up it in a little ball and we throw it in the trash because uh, it was just it, just a, I think that's going to be an anomaly uh, as far as what we continue to see going forward. Um, but how, how are you feeling about Colorado Springs this year and, and this match coming up in particular? Um, so yeah, they're sitting you know fourth in the table. I'm not. I haven't been terribly impressed with them though. They're not necessarily putting up big numbers. Uh, Romario Williams is having a decent season so far not great not that's you know not necessarily something that i would put in the golden boot race this year um but they have some pieces they really do uh you look across that roster they've got some guys that can really perform at a high level uh again you know this is kind of a uh, a resurgence hope for romario here uh we just mentioned maka king he's gonna be out for the next match i mean they've got guys like oxford mahoney up and down the Scundrich is there. Uh, James Moose is there. Yeah. Beckford, like they've got pieces up and down that roster that are guys that we've, we're very familiar with. And, and he, I, I will, I will eat some words here. Uh, Harry, if you're still in the chat, uh, you might need to own up to this too. We all kind of mocked uh, Earl for his pick of Colorado Springs. Uh, but then he listed some names and then you're now listing names. Uh, they do have talent there. And so far, the talent, while it has been ugly at times, uh, they've put together a solid beginning to the season and, and are sitting in fourth place, just one off of the defending champs. Um, and so I, I will kind of go back and say, hey, we might have been uh, ever so slightly wrong on them. Uh, they might be a little bit better than we than we thought they were going to be. I still don't know if they finish in the top four uh, at the end of the year, obviously. But um but they're at least uh, competing and the West. I mean, uh, it's, you know, we're sitting in tied for last with four points through four matches though. So we have a couple of matches in hand. We can move up if we can, can capitalize on some things, but um, it's it, the West, just like last year, you might have a, a little bit of separation at the top, but then that, you know, four through 11 or even 12 possibly is going to be, real tight and and jockeying for position is going to be be a big deal there it's kind of like i know you don't watch the nba much but the west in the nba this year um 
from five to I think it was 12 was, was really, really close. And it, it came down to the final match of the or final games of the season to determine seating there. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens in the West here in, in the USL. Well, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, that's how the West has been every year since we've been in the league. It's always been really tight. You know, I mean, obviously you have, you know, one or two that pull away, but then like you said, you know, three through about, you know, I'd, I, I don't know if I would go 12, but I would say like three through maybe like 10 is going to be really tight, you know? Well, I don't know. Cause this like, year, this year you could probably extend that to 11 or 12, but yeah. Cause like Vegas is sitting in 12th with four draws um, and have looked, you know, decent through all of that, but it does show that draws kind of suck because they're sitting there with four draws. We've got two losses on our books and we're still ahead of them because we've got a win in there. So wins are just so important. And if they, they can either go one of two ways, they can start turning some of these draws into wins and really move up. uh, Or they, these, some of these draws will start turning to losses and they'll, they'll kind of fall. But I think everybody else there, um, us rising orange County, RGV, uh, even El Paso, as much as it pains me to say it, have all looked decent uh, to good um, to start this year at times. And so I don't think any of those guys are going to fall off. Uh, Lights is probably the only one that might. And I honestly wouldn't put it past them to, to not do that. So it's, it's, it's going to be a, a, a tight race all year long. And every match really, really matters. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely will. Um, you know, obviously we, you know, you mentioned the matches in hand, that's going to be massive for us here in the coming weeks because the schedule does start to get real thick, real quick. You know, we've got Colorado at the weekend, we've got open cup middle of the week next week. Then, you know, we have, uh, another match next weekend. So like, it, it's going to start coming real fast for New Mexico United. And you know, we have orange County after that. I was trying to remember who it was off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. We've already have we already have the injury concerns that we talked about. Uh, we have just just how competitive this Western Conference is. So, um, but staying focused on Colorado here for just another minute before we do get out of here. Um, <clears throat> what's the expectation Saturday in, in at Widener Field? Do you think New Mexico United continues the historic trend of of playing well and picking up three points on the road, or do you think that? we see kind of a return to what we saw, you know, in the first and two of the first three matches of the season. Well, I think, um, obviously the, the, my prediction is going to be three points. Um, when I sit here and think about it and talk it out, um, you know, we haven't looked super, super good this year. Uh, even the win was a little rough around the edges, uh, this last match was clearly the best match that we've played all year, though. I think even better than the win that we had in Miami. And so that's encouraging. Um, Colorado Springs is, you know, they, we talked about them this year historically, though. Um, I think if I remember correctly, those five of, or most of those five wins came in the first three seasons. Um, and then mm-hmm. since then, it's been pretty even. Um, obviously Haji Berry and, uh, and company up there made, um, you know, played a big role in, in some of those losses and they're not there anymore. So it'll be interesting to see if these new pieces, um, can, can hurt us as much as Haji did. And I, I'm sorry. Um, I know you mentioned Romario, but I really hope we just take it to him and, and kick the shit out of him. Um, because I, I I could be wrong, 
But one thing I'm going to be watching in that match is Romario and Seymour. Um, because they they did have a little bit of a Twitter thing going on uh, before the after the preseason match against Colorado Springs. And so um, that's that's going to be an interesting matchup up there if if Romario ends up playing. And so definitely looking forward to that. I, I do think we can we can do what we did to San Diego in the first half to them. And, and it, it's basically going to come down to if just one of those good chances early goes in, then it's going to be a battle. And if we can get two or even three early, then uh, maybe that turns things around and we can, we can settle in and, and get a comfortable win. I, I think if, if we're doing predictions now, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my heart just a little bit and say three, nothing us. Okay. Um, yeah, looking at the roster again, guy, there a lot of guys that we know, a lot of pieces that we know it can be dangerous. Um, my biggest question mark for Colorado is their goalkeepers. That's my biggest concern for them. Uh, you know, looking at the roster, they've got Christian Herrera, Alex Smear, and Joe Kuzminski. I mean, obviously, Kuzminski is a name that we should know. Um, but the performances haven't been there from the, from the goalkeepers yet. So I think they are vulnerable at the back, particularly without Maka King being in there. Um, so I do think that this is one where United does continue the historic trend. We're going to go up to Colorado, whether it's the Rapids uh, or the, uh, or the switchbacks, it's not going to matter. We're going to pick up three points. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily say three nil. I don't think we were quite there yet. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 United on the road against Colorado Springs. And so we recognize that I, I recognize the again name Maka King. Um, I remember him more from El Paso. I know last year when he made the move to Colorado Springs, he was not uh, an everyday player. Have you looked and uh, has he actually been in these matches? Um, I'll pull that up for you here real quick. Because I'm I'm in there now, kind of kind of looking at some stuff, but I'm not seeing Maka King five appearances, five starts, okay. uh, three hundred seventy five minutes. Okay, so, um, that that good. I, I'm glad that's the case. I actually really like Maka King, um, and so him missing this game uh, isn't going to hurt my feelings because I do think he's a he's a pretty good player. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think. I think we can catch them. I mean, if if they lose four nothing to Sacramento, and then we can go out and lay a couple goals down early, I think they might just roll over at the moment, uh, even though they're playing at home. So definitely important to start like we did against uh, San Diego and, and find a goal, hopefully a couple, um, really put the pressure on them and hope that they crumble. And I think that that uh, could be what happens for sure. Yep, going to be interesting to watch this uh, Saturday night, of course, is a 6 p.m. kickoff for us. Uh, so that, that is a change uh, from what we're used to. So make sure you tune in to ESPN Radio 117, the team, or ESPN Plus at 6 o'clock on Saturday evening to catch New Mexico United in action. Um, I didn't have anything else for this evening. Jacob, do you have anything you want to discuss before you close us out? No, man, I got nothing. Um, just uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Uh Subliminal man, I cannot say that word to say. I feel like I messed it up. But David, of course, I love having you in the chat. Um, Earl described, dis, Earl disguised as his girlfriend, um, 
uh, I guess. Thank you for being in the chat. Uh, Harry and Robert, as always, are in there. Uh, good to have them. Uh, those that are listening and not watching, please sure to rate and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're looking at. Uh, if you are watching, make sure you subscribe so you get that notification when we go uh, live uh, on Tuesday nights. Uh, I believe we will be back Saturday night. Um, that'll be about 8.30, uh, about 30 minutes after the final whistle. Uh, at least me and Seth will be on here to, to discuss and get instant reactions and and hopefully talk about three points. Maybe Earl will have uh, recovered from his uh, ailments and will actually make time for people that I thought he cared about. Um, and <laughs> I was not expecting that. And uh, I'm a little hurt. He, he, my feelings are hurt. Uh, uh, and so hopefully uh, maybe we can get him there. Hopefully, if, if not, then he'll be here next Tuesday. Uh, so be sure to tune in uh, Saturday around 830 um, for our instant reactions to the Colorado Springs match. And then, of course, Tuesday we'll be back. Uh, we'll be talking about an open cup match that'll be coming up. Uh, it's on Wednesday. If I on Wednesday, yeah. yeah. Uh, open cup on next Wednesday. Then we've got uh, um, uh, another home match right after that in Orange okay. County. Speaking of, speaking of, sorry, real quick. One on one side of the team will be running ticket giveaways for both the open nice. cup match and for the Orange County match next week. Uh, all you, the details will be coming on that, but basically all you have to do is go uh, like, share, comment, on any of the social media posts, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you'll be entered for a chance to win two tickets to each okay. match. And for the uh, open cup match, uh, we're giving away, actually we're giving away two sets of tickets. First place winner is going to get two tickets and a $50 New Mexico United uh, shop gift card. Second place will get two tickets to the open cup match. So nice uh, we're doing and- something similar for the Orange County match as well. And even if you don't win the tickets to the open cup match, they are only $19, no matter where you're sitting. Uh, so that's, that's your chance to get into those uh, premium seats for dirt cheap um, and watch a, a semi quality opponent in Phoenix come to the lab and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully lose to, uh, to us in that one. So, so we'll be back. We'll have instant reactions. Like I said, to that or to the, to the Tuesday game or to the Saturday game. We'll be here Tuesday for our normally scheduled stuff. Um, Wednesday, maybe, uh, instant reaction to that one, depending on how schedules go. Um, and when, if Maggie gets here, uh, that's, that's around the time we're starting to expect her to, to make her appearance in this world. So, uh, I might be indisposed, uh, for good reason on that one. Who knows? Um, my youngest boy was born during a, uh, United match. So maybe, Maybe that's a sign that uh, my little girl will be born um, during either Wednesday's or Saturday's home match. Uh, uh, but we'll see. Uh, thank you, David. Um, and so we will uh, we'll kind of play that by year, but we'll definitely be here Saturday night. Um, and uh, somebody will be here Tuesday. Uh, hopefully I can make it uh, unless the baby's here. But um, we'll go from there. You can catch us uh, there. You can follow the social media. Uh, we're... Um, on and off as far as being active on those. I think we've done a much better job this year of, of putting out stuff. And, um, and so we'll, we'll continue to do that to the best of our abilities. Uh, and, uh, hopefully Earl gets better and we can see him in the next coming days. And, and until Saturday night, guys, uh, somos unidos. 
You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.